And if you're able to rise, um, we're gonna we're gonna salute our flag. Ready? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen? Amen. One nation under God. You can remain standing for the Star Spangled Banner, please. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets rang glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled For the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. With victory and peace, may the hem-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto in God is our trust and the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave many of you have traveled the country it's still a beautiful country and even with its uh, faults and warts and everything else we still live in the greatest country in the world God has blessed us for many years it's time the American church bless God America the beautiful Beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of crane, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea oh beautiful for pilgrim feet who stern in passion stress a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness America, America, God man thine every flaw. Firm thy soul 
in self-control thy liberty in law. O beautiful for heroes proof in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine, till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. O beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years, thine alabaster city's clean, undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Does anybody here know what's going to happen tomorrow? Neither do I. But whatever happens today or tomorrow, whether, like Job, God allows us to lose everything, or bless us with a lot, in either case, we bless his name. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, Still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away, you give and take away. 
Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. It's a very uh, short, responsive reading today, but I think it's uh, appropriate. You know, uh, Paul commands us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to uh, pray for our government leaders, whether you like them or not. Pray. Because if you don't like them, the prayer should be for their salvation. And if you like them, the prayer should be they should stand up for their convictions. And so, you know, prayer is mandated for us. Remember what Jesus said when he was questioned. He said, give to Caesar what's due what? But give to God what's God's. So, with that in mind, I think, boy, I would love to see this kind of uh, put out for broadcast, but we'll do what we can. Would you read this with me? Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We need healing. But starting with the church, we need to humble ourselves, right? says, if my people, we need to humble ourselves. We need to repent of sin, seek, seek and pray for God. And he will hear from heaven, and he will forgive our sin and start to heal our land. Well, you know, when you put feet on this, there, it takes a lot of forms. And we do have in our midst uh, people who have served in the military, veterans, if you will. And we want to recognize them today because whether they were drafted or, or enlisted or whatever their status was, they still put their lives on the line so that you and I can meet here today. They risked everything for their country. And so I want to recognize them. And we don't do this enough. You know, whenever I see somebody wearing a hat that says World War II veteran or Vietnam or Korean War veteran, you know, I, I try to go up to them and say thank you. You know, thank you for, for serving. We want to do that. So will those who have served in the military stand, please? We want to recognize you. Don't be bashful. All right, good. Chip, yeah. Chip is in here, uh, but he served in the Navy he, for 20 years. Uh, he served in our Navy, served his country. Go ahead. Yeah, you're always first. Yeah. That's okay.
Vince, what branch did you serve in? Navy also. Okay. Thank you. Tom? That's right. That's right. What branch did you serve in? Air Force. Thank you. Would you would you give a hand to uh, our veterans, please? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jason, uh, South Korea, and well, he's last he was in, uh, yeah, he's back in Japan. Going to be stateside soon, so uh, yeah, pray for our service men and women. Um, as you well know, it's a it, it's a dangerous world out there, and um, I suspect it's not going to get better until Christ comes back. So uh, pray for our military. Please pray for our country every day, our leaders. Uh, again, pray for the leaders that you're not fond of. Pray for their salvation. And uh, pray that if God sees fit, he would send revival to, uh, to his church. Are you well warned? I think so. I think so. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna pray for our country. Uh, I'm gonna ask those who are uh, helping with the offering to come up. You know, I was I was in college when Vietnam was still going on, and um, we we had a uh, rating called um, student deferral back then. But when <coughs> excuse me. When the war was heating up, they, uh, they took that away. So I wanted to serve. I figured, you know, they had the lottery system then, and I came out number 108. So I went to the Air Force recruiter because I really wanted to fly. And um, when he did my hearing test, they said, we can't use you. I said, well, maybe if I go to the Army. He says, they don't want you either. <laughs> And, and I was kind of brokenhearted, you know, because I had my, my mindset on serving, but God had other plans. I, you know, you, you just never know. But, uh, you know, my father served in World War II. Uh, my brother was in for a month, uh, be, and they let him go because after, my, you know, when my parents died, I was still a minor. 
And they just said, no, you got, you got responsibilities at home. But he served in law enforcement for many years. So we're grateful. We're grateful. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for, for these people who have faithfully served. Would you bless each one richly? And Father, help us never to forget. Help us never to underestimate what it costs when people go into the military. And Father, these are people who, who go because of the love of their country and in many cases because of the love of you. So bless them, bless their families. Father, I, I get saddened to hear that with uh, inflation, there are veterans uh, and military, active military people who can't afford food. Father, in this country, that should never be. Help us to, help us to meet that need. But Father, we thank you for all the military. We thank you for law enforcement. We thank you for all the men and women who respond to the call to protect and serve this nation. And Father, as we give of our tithes and offerings, uh, may we give with glad hearts, may we give with hearts that, um, Father, are, are rejoicing because of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. By the way, uh, before I forget, Operation Christmas Child, the boxes are due today. Uh, we were shooting for 58. We got well over that, thanks to your generosity. So thank you for those who participated. If you, wanna, if you haven't done it and you want to do it, take a box. If you can get it back here by this afternoon, uh, call Janine, and uh, she'll, she'll tell you what to do. Listen. Is there anybody here who has never done a stupid thing in their lives? You know, as my hand didn't go up, right? Is it, is it fair to say that we, we all did some stupid stuff? Okay. Knowing what you know now, and being grounded somewhat in the scriptures and, and all, if you had to do it again, would you do it differently? I, I hope so, right? I mean, uh, you know, if we repeat it, then we've learned nothing, you know, in, in, the, in the process. It's easy when we uh, go through our day, especially if you look at the news, we see foolish people making bad decisions that seem to defy biblical wisdom. Do that, we, we see that every day. Sometimes we've been those people. People are appointed to positions not based on competency, but upon the foolish decision of someone in charge. I'm just stating facts. I'm not getting political here, okay? This trend happens in business. It happens in civilian government positions. It happens in elected positions. It happens in voluntary organizations. And Solomon here takes this on. He takes on to try to give us insight about living with biblical wisdom instead of the world's wisdom. Um, you have to remember, I think, in, in all of this, that biblical wisdom only starts with trusting Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. 
and then being committed to him as a disciple. That's how we learn and grow and, and build, you know, build in, uh, in those principles that will inform us when we need to make decisions. Decisions are difficult to make somebody, uh, when you're faced with temptation and you think you can get away with it. Isn't that true? You think you can get away with it. But there's always three people who know. You, God, and the person who's missing whatever you took. Right? And, you know, we, we seem to... to um, to forget those things, but I want I want to address uh, the first uh, the problem of foolish rulers or foolish bosses. You can fill in the blank, but many times we see people who are immature, ill-equipped, are given places of prominence while qualified people are passed over. That never happens, Doc, does it? <laughs> Let me uh, bring you to the opening verses here. All right. This is what Solomon says in uh, verses 5 through 7. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, the sort of error that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions while, rich, while the rich occupy the low ones or the more qualified, right? Uh, I have seen slaves on horseback while princes go on foot. Let me, I'll put that in modern day language, okay? I have, I have seen lazy people in Mercedes while qualified people live like slaves. Does anybody um, know what the Peter Principle is? What's, <laughs> Joe, you're laughing. What's the Peter Principle? Yes. In other words, go beyond that, you fail. Yes. And the Peter principle seems to be dominant these days. Isn't that true? Right? You, you could be competent in one position, and because somebody likes you or you're going to fit in their agenda, they'll promote you, even though you're going to be terrible at that job. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's the Peter principle. Right? You coupled that with Murphy's Law. And now you got, a, you got kind of a lethal combination, right? Anything that goes wrong or can go wrong will go wrong, right? And so you see what Solomon's saying here. He's saying, listen, in this world system that operates without God's wisdom, many times those in charge for their own power, for their own greed, for their own pride, will put people who aren't qualified in positions to be in those positions. And we set them up for failure. And many people get hurt because of it. That would be like me, and Doc, you're, you're gonna be picked on today, okay? That, that would be like me saying to Doc, hey, if you've got a case this afternoon, I'll go into the operating room for you. I'll guarantee you that patient will die, right? I mean, I'm not equipped for that. Those of you who served in the military, the military's had a habit. They're getting better at better though. I have to tell you this because I did a lot of research uh, on the military when I did my dissertation. But typically, in the military, if you're a mechanic, they put you in the kitchen, <laughs> right? If you're if you're a physician, they'll put you you know on the front lines with a gun. I mean, it it they seem to misplace people. Sometimes without giving it a thought. But don't we see it in everyday life? In the school system, there are teachers who probably are not competent to, to be school teachers. There are pastors who aren't competent to be pastors, right? I mean, it's, there's, uh, there's no exemptions here. But when we recognize the foolishness of those in power who just for their own gain and their own uh, uh, greed put people into positions they don't deserve to be in 
That's foolishness. That's being stupid. A successful person will usually surround themselves with people who are not only successful, but have some biblical knowledge. What are the causes of this? Well, you know what nepotism is, right? Uh, you, I'm going to put you in a position because you know you, you're my nephew. Well, we don't even ask, are you qualified, right? Uh, you're my nephew. We're going to put you in a position, pay you, pay you a six-figure salary, and maybe you know show up once in a while, right? Favors owed. Hello, uh, Bill, remember what I did for you? I need to call in that favor. My, uh, my nephew needs a, a job. Would you just give him a job, right? Not if he's qualified or not, just, just give him a job. How about keeping, on, uh, keeping up an image or ideology? People are put into places many times because they believe in an image or ideology that could be completely against the scriptures. It happens all the time. You know what optics are? If it looks good, then do it. We don't care that you don't know how to add or subtract or read, but it looks good. You know, I've said this before. You remember the, those of you who are old enough, remember the election between Kennedy and, and uh, Nixon, right? Ken Kennedy was elected not solely based on qualification, but he looked better. That's the truth. I think if Kennedy were alive today, he wouldn't be happy, but uh, that's another story. People who have a proven tr uh, track record are often overlooked while fools are put in high positions. Has anybody here ever been passed over for a promotion and wondered why? And you know you're qualified, right? I mean, so Solomon's talking about everyday experiences here, right? Um, these days, you gotta be careful because if you live your beliefs on, uh, you know, at the job, it, it could cost you your job. Well, okay. It might. I can tell you this. When you put inexperienced or unqualified people in positions, it could make a mess of things in a very short period of time. That sound familiar? It would be like me saying to um, someone who hates getting in front of people and speaking that they're going to preach next week. That's, you're setting them up for failure. I'm not saying they can't do that, but what I'm saying is unless they've been prepared and trained and, and feel called, you want to set them up to succeed, not fail, All right? You know, sometimes people come to me and they say they want to do something, you know, uh, ministry-wise, and they want, you know, uh, you know, fine, you know, but let's talk about what this entails so you're willing to take that on. Even in volunteer organizations, we'll put people in places who are not qualified or not equipped. Boy, it's hard not to get political with this, isn't it? We need to live with godly wisdom. Look at this in verse 9. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. I have some firsthand experience at this because uh, we rented a house when I was in, in, in seminary years ago that had a wood-burning stove. And... I had to go outside and, and, you know, split some locks to put it in. Well, I did a stupid thing. Um, having no experience in this, and of course being a man, 
who doesn't want to ask anybody. Uh, I also had a big fish tank out there I was cleaning and getting ready to, to uh, put up again. I think it was like a 30-gallon fish tank, so it was sizable. And here I go. I split the logs, not thinking they would just fall, but one went right into the fish tank and shattered the fish tank, right? Uh, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. Then one of them went into my shin, you know? So, I, you know, I never thought about, I said, splitting logs, how, how difficult can that be? Uh, you know, there's a time to learn from others who went before you to say, well, you know, what should I look out for, right? What Solomon is saying here is that when we live by godly wisdom and we understand the, the guidelines of godly wisdom, we can avoid a lot of these pitfalls. Look what, look what happens here. If an axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Who, who can put that in modern words for me? By the way, my axe was, was dull. Who said that? You get a gold star. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. If an axe was sharp, boy, it takes a lot less energy, right? There's nothing that I hate more, I'm being facetious here, than trying to cut Italian bread with a dull knife. It, it is so frustrating, right? You end up, you know, me, I'm from the old school. I, I, I'd break it, but, you know, when you have company, it's not polite. Uh, but, you know, a knife, you have the right tools. Boy, it slices like butter. You get a nice clean cut. Somebody who knows the word of God, who knows the principles of the word, who have been trained, who can recall them, you can avoid a lot of these pitfalls, right? Let's, here, let's go on. <laughs> if a snake bites before uh, it, it is charmed, the charmer receives no fee. No, he's going to die, right? Um, it, what's this saying? Listen, think things through. A lot of times we embark on things without thinking them through. For instance, I'm not naming any names here, okay? You buy something that has to be put together, and it comes with directions. But we don't need directions. We can do it. And usually we do it all wrong. And guess what? If we can find the directions, we need them now, right? Uh, you have to think these things. You can't become a, stake, uh, a, stake, a snake charmer without being trained about what, snakes have no ears, they can't hear. Do you know that? They can't hear. They respond to the motion and the vibration. That's what makes them come up and all. And if you get somebody who's not trained in that, well, he's, he's gonna get bit. The words of the mouth of the wise are gracious. But uh, uh, fools are consumed by their own lips. You and I have both seen people uh, in public trying to explain foolish things. Isn't that true? They're asked a question, and they give an answer, and you say, what? <laughs> what? You said nothing. You said 20 sentences and you said nothing. And this is what this is talking about. Wise people will get to the point, but when they get to the point, they'll say it with grace and love. Okay? Foolish person who can't defend the foolish decisions that they make are consumed by their own lips. There are many words. The more a fool talks, the more trouble he or she gets into. Teachers in the old days, I don't even know if they could still do this anymore, but uh, teachers in the old days used to call that the fudge factor. 
Re you remember the fudge factor? You know, you're supposed to do some homework, you didn't do it, and the teacher calls on you to, to answer a question, and you go on and on and on about something that doesn't even answer the question, thinking you can fool the teacher. Now, guess what? Now, you're not going to fool the teacher. But yet we settle for this a lot. In our culture, there is no such thing as accountability anymore. See, accountability demands that at times you need to answer some questions. But answer them honestly and graciously. And to the point. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times, I, my son is great. My son is, keeps me sharp. And, but he'll, he'll explain stuff I don't understand sometimes. And I'll look at him and I said, look, I know, I know you know what you're talking about, but what's the bottom line here? You know, just, just tell me the bottom line. Yeah, uh, Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're speaking from a place of knowledge, but uh, even sometimes in a physician's office, you know, they'll, you, they ran tests on you, they'll tell you you have some 10-letter word abnormality, and you say, well, what is it? Well, I just told you what it is. Well, no, you told me the name, but what, what is it? You know, we need further, I mean, you and I are not medical doctors. We have one here who would understand. So, yeah, we, we have to be aware of all this stuff. You know, godly wisdom says to me, when you don't know something, go to somebody who does. Preferably a godly man or woman. You know, and, and listen to them. I was at men's group one night. Uh, Doc got here early. And um, I had just gone through a, a full blood panel. And my family doctor, who, who Doc knows, called me and said, everything looks good. <laughs> and Doc jokingly looks at me and he says, well, that's good. Tomorrow you'll drop dead. <laughs> but he's right, you know. I mean, it's a snapshot, and you're glad the report comes out good, but you never know. You never know, right? Doc, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. Um, but, but it's true, right? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I know. Vince, real quick. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, wisdom, wisdom, godly wisdom has a lot to say and a lot of guidelines to guide us along through these things. Uh, when you make a mistake, just admit it. Just admit it. That's what confession is, by the way. Just admit it. Anybody here perfect? Okay. Just admit it. Confess it. Before God and and go on, go on. Don't don't make a ton of excuses. One one of the, one of the things that I've learned over the years, when I uh, in the cases where I do marital counseling, one of the parties will say, "Who did something stupid? You made me do it." No. You did it. You take responsibility for it. You can't make anybody do anything, right? That not that what uh, Eve said to God in the garden, right? Why'd you do it, Eve? Devil made me do it. Adam, why'd you do it? She made me do it. She made me do it. 
and I have to laugh, you know, because I'll get I'll get couples that they're warring about something, and you know they'll do something that is really wrong, and well, he made me do it, she made me do it, and I'll say, let's stop right here. Who's the one who did it? I did. Who's the one responsible? We need to be careful. Really need to be careful. Whoops. Here we go. Oh, did I do 14? Fools multiply. All right, no, no, no one knows what is coming. Who can tell someone else what will happen after them? Um, listen, uh, I always say nobody knows what, what the future is going to bring. It doesn't mean we shouldn't plan, but sometimes God changes those plans, correct? All right? Look at this. The toil of fools wearies them. They do not know the way to town. <laughs> I mean, Solomon's kind of saying here, look, you keep on doing what you're doing. You know, this is kind of counterproductive. It says, woe to the land whose king was a servant and whose princes feast in the morning. And, you know, we're, you're looking at this and you say, now he's talking about foolish rulers, correct? Uh, he's saying, woe to the king who's a servant. Some kings who deserve to be king aren't in those positions, but the princes who are not, who are, uh, not qualified to be king, they're partying. They're partying. I had a laugh when the COVID mandates were in, you know, everything was closed down. And yet for some people, they felt they were beyond their own uh, rules and they were seen in restaurants with bunches of people without masks. Oh, really? You know, that's a matter of wisdom. It's a matter of foolishness. And when when foolishness is there it will always try to serve what's wrong it will never serve what's do what's the right thing to do foolishness will result in incompetence all right let me go through uh, 18 here okay whoops all right through laziness the rafters sag because of idle hands, the, hot, the house leaks. What's this saying? How many of you, you li how, many of you live in houses, right? Right. What happens if you don't take care of it? Is that wise to do? It's not. It's not wise to do at all. But if you're lazy and you don't do anything that need to be done. I knew a guy had a car, um, it was brand new, and uh, he decided that uh, people say that the engine needs oil changes because the oil companies want to make money. So at about between 50 and 60,000 miles, he had severe engine problems. So I said to him, gee, I knew what the problem was. What's going on? Well, they told me that the uh, oil thinned out so much that uh, it damaged the internal parts of the, of the engine. I said, oh, okay. Maybe you should have gotten some oil changes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he had to junk the car. He had to junk the car, all right? Uh, that's just laziness. That's just laziness. Uh, you know, let me put it to you this way. In many positions, we have lazy people. A feast is made for laughter. Wine makes, merry, uh, uh, makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything. It, you know, I, Solomon always throws me a curveball. And, you know, I'm looking at this and I say, what are you talking about? And what I think he's talking about here, to fit with the greater context, that it's okay to enjoy the fruit of your labor, okay? Uh, you know, it, it, listen, I don't know what your position on alcohol is or anything like that, but, you know, wine 
uh, a glass of wine is fine, okay, as long as there's no alcoholism in the uh, in the family line and that type of thing. You got to use common sense. So he's saying, enjoy the fruit of your labor, and. Money is the answer for everything. But the implication here, I believe, if I know Solomon at all, and I'll let you know when God calls me home, is that money that is gained through honest employment, boy, you can do a lot of good with it. Not just hoard it, but do a lot of good with it. Foolish people do foolish things with their money. Joey and I, Joey more than me, but I had the opportunity to teach the Dave Ramsey course on uh, finance. Joey taught several classes on it. And when you come to the part about budgets, people go into a panic. Well, you know, you really, you need to develop a budget. Oh, why? If you don't develop a budget, you don't even know how much you're working with as far as income versus expenses, and you don't know where your money's going. Well, I, I lived without a budget for so long, and it, it, it's I'm okay with it. Oh, really? How much credit card debt do you have? Or all your bills on time? I mean... You know, it, when you talk about money, now, now you're meddling, right? And there's a, there's a portion of the Dave Ramsey um, financial piece uh, course where it talks about destroying your credit cards. That's almost like telling people they can't have their cell phones anymore. All right? And we, we get into all these things. Listen, listen. There are so many people who want to tell you how to spend your money. And a budget will prevent that. You sit down and you develop a reasonable budget, uh, budget within your own means. Now you're telling where your money is going. No, nobody else. And if you have debt, you pay off the highest interest rate first and then come down from there. So you're not a slave to debt anymore. These are good practices. But it takes discipline. I put our budget right in, into the bank. What I mean by that is on the app I use, it tells me if I'm going over budget or, you know, approaching it and all. And I, I look at it. Because we have to live on a budget. We would never survive on a budget. And it really, if it wasn't for Mary Lou, who does couponing, uh, things would be a lot worse. I didn't hear it beep. She mean, there you go, okay. Okay. We have an expert couponer right here uh, in the front row. I have never seen uh, anybody work with coupons better than Janine. Um, you know, and... and and Mary Lou's good. I'll just tell you one quick story before I, I tie this all up. Um, years ago, when I, I've, what was uh, Acme was on Lacey Road years ago, right? Uh, I, we were in seminary. They had triple coupons. And, of course, Mary Lou was prepared. So halfway through, we had two, three cartfuls. The manager starts following us. We get to the register. And at that time, it was like $300 worth of food. It was a lot of food. She got it for 12 bucks. And the manager said, I had to see it for myself. And he, congr he congratulated her, okay? And you know, he said, okay, yeah, it's worth the time. Who wouldn't want to save that kind of money? But you got to be disciplined at doing it. Every Sunday night, this is what she does. She'll go through the papers and you know, she'll do it. She's great. Uh, like that. Listen, we have to remember that if we're lazy, we're not going to get anything done. Whether it's at home, on the job, in the ministry. Don't speak badly about your boss. 
even if you don't like them. You know why? Because when you speak badly about someone, uh, particularly your boss, you're assuming that uh, the person you're talking to will keep a confidence. It ain't gonna happen. It'll get back to him and your life will be even worse. Right? Get back to him or her. Besides, gossip is sinful. Wise leaders enjoy the fruit of their labors. That's what this verse was all about. The meals, the, uh, the housing, the money. If you ever get a chance, in the library is a great book called The Monk and the Merchant. The Monk and the Merchant. And it's, it's a story of what, what God can do when faith, biblical faith, biblical wisdom is linked up with a very successful business person. What can be accomplished for the kingdom of God? Wow. I'm going to be going up Route 9 in a few minutes. And when I come to Route 9, there's supposed to be a very big storage facility in the process of being built. And I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, listen, storage facilities have, have a function. You know, if you're moving from one place or another, you need it temporarily or whatever. But I see more storage facilities now than I've ever seen before. I see more banks now than I've ever seen before. I've seen more pizza places now than I've ever seen before. And I see less churches than I've ever seen before. Wise leaders enjoy the fruit of their labors and wise leaders will use their resources for the glory of God. That's what we're missing in this country. That's what we're missing many times in the church. Wise leaders will stay in touch with the word of God Wise leaders will pray. Wise leaders will worship, and wise leaders will draw their wisdom from the scriptures when it's rightly interpreted. Wise people will do the same thing. Because without a biblical worldview, we do stupid things. Amen? I'm going to ask Kristen to come back up. You know, since Kristen and Bobby are married now, we should have Bobby come up here and sing, too. <laughs> Nothing like putting you on the spot, right? Listen, for the last song, what I should, oh, if you're able to stand for this, I, I would really like you to stand because one of the reasons why Ecclesiastes is such a precious book to go through is because of the holiness of God. He's holy. We're not. He knows what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us. So let's ascribe to him how holy he is. Would you stand, please?
Forgive me for scooting out, but I will see some on Tuesday, some on Wednesday, and then next Sunday again. Let's pray. You are holy, Father, perfectly holy. Father, through your Holy Spirit, help us to remain in the word. Give us the desire and the power to apply it to our hearts. May we live as people who have a biblical worldview to make wise decisions and to glorify you. Father, bless everyone here. I thank you for them being here today. And Father, release us in the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.